ignition sequence start. Three, two, one. Lock and load. It's time for the gun rack with your hosts, Joey and Drew. Hello and welcome to the Gun Racks Northern Desert Institute School of Firearms Technology's official podcast. I'm Josiah. Upper folks call me Joey, and with me we have one. Well, no one. Not today. Uh, as a point of fact, I'm here flying solo for the first time in a long time. Drew and I normally meet up on Fridays, sometimes Thursday, but late, late in the week to do our podcast recordings, and uh, we set up a time to record on Friday, and then I realized there right at the end of Thursday that Friday was my fifth wedding anniversary, and as I value my life, I, uh, I, I, I did not want to cancel on that, so I told Drew I'd record solo today, so a little bit of a glitch in our schedule, but I'm very excited to share this one with you. This is definitely more of a uh, the last podcast on the left would call it a relaxed fit episode. A little more relaxed, and uh, I've got some fun content lined up for you guys. It's also 11.03 at the time I record this, and I am drinking a cocktail of my own uh, creation. Well, no, it's a very famous cocktail. I am, I'm drinking a drink that I made. There's probably a better way to say that. For those of you who are fans of bourbon, this is one to put in your back pocket in case you haven't already. This is a Manhattan with Four Roses small batch bourbon. To give you guys some context, in case this uh, in case this podcast goes awry at any point, I poured a double, which is to say we took a cup, we filled it with ice, we took a measuring cup, filled it with ice, and the measuring cup we poured four ounces of Four Roses small batch bourbon. Two ounces of sweet vermouth, I forget the brand. Six dashes of orange Angostura bitters and one tablespoon of cocktail cherry, not maraschino cherry, the syrup that's in it, which I dilute normally a little bit, so a little less than a tablespoon in actuality. We stir all that, not shake it, in that mixing cup for about 30 seconds. We strain it out after pouring out all of the ice in the cup we used to chill it originally. And then we garnish it with two cherries, cocktail cherries, not maraschino cherries. If you're going to do it, don't be a Philistine. Anyway, that's where we're at. I don't think I've ever had a drink while recording this podcast before, so that's going to be a lot of fun. But I always like hearing new drink recipes. Manhattan's a pretty pretty basic one, but if you've never had it, it is worth your time. And holy smokes, is it a lot of alcohol. Today, we are going to skip some of our normal, our bits and our segments. I am going to take a moment real quick and talk about Sonoran Desert Institute, because that's what we do here. And uh, then we're going to launch right into our subject material. So without any further ado, Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school that focuses on firearms and unmanned technologies. Currently, uh, the School of Firearms Technology, which is, of course, what this podcast is attached to, provides two programs. One is a certificate in firearms technology gunsmithing, and then, of course, the Associate of Science and Firearms Technology, so known as the ASFT. SDI is accredited by the Distance Education Accrediting Commission, and it's just a wonderful place 
to go to school. If you are interested in learning more about Sonoran Desert Institute, hop on to sdi.edu to learn more. Now, what could we possibly be talking about today without my capable, thick-haired babysitter, Drew, to hold my hand along the way? Well, I went to school and studied history, and I studied theater, and I've been a writer, reporter, gun marketing guy, you know, a little bit of everything for the past seven years, a little more, and uh, so I thought it would be fun to take some time and break down the top war movies of the, well, really of all time, actually. I was going to put a timeline on it, but the oldest one here on this list that I've made is 97 as of this year. If you are a war movie fan, you might already know what it is just from that. If so, props to you. But uh, one second here, let me count this. All right, I just went and counted them by hand. So we have eight, a top eight list of military movies of all time. And then I should say war movies. We've got a couple that are kind of adjacent. And then I have quite a few honorable mentions that we'll move through quickly. But uh, before we do those honorable mentions, let's get our first five out of the way. Let's start right now. For those of you who have been listening to this podcast for a long time, you know that Drew and I are both very huge fans of William Shakespeare. And because of that, I had to put one of Shakespeare's best adaptations at number eight on this list. That is going to be the Kenneth Branagh version of Henry V. It was put out in the late 80s, and uh, it is about as good both when it comes to uh, that stylized medieval and that was really more Renaissance warfare that we we come to love and expect from stylistic Shakespeare epics. But it's also the best way if you're interested in that kind. If you want to feel fancy, you want to watch a war movie, Henry V is the way to go. Kenneth Brenna is about as good as they get. Nothing but respect for that. And uh, there's, there's some... If you ever heard the phrase Band of Brothers... We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, for he that sheds his blood with today with me shall be my brother. Be he ne'er so vile, this day shall gentle his condition, and gentlemen in England, now abed, shall something, something. I thought I could just do it out of the pocket like that, but Henry V, take some time to watch it. It's not that long, and as far as Shakespeare goes, it is, uh, it's as accessible as, as you could imagine. Plus, Kenneth Brother goes hard, dude. It is, it's really good. All right, next on the list is Das Boot, 1981 film. Excellent film about a Germany, <laughs> Germany, a German submarine patrolling the Atlantic Ocean during the Second World War. It is the, uh, it's the film that uh, when we're talking about tension and we're talking about, I mean, it's very, um, it's, it's almost a thriller, really, and it's as good a naval film. It's the best naval film on this list by far that you could possibly hope for. The other one I'd put behind that is Hunt for Red October, which I uh, did not permit myself to come in because technically there's not a war on at that. But I love a good naval, uh, naval exchange, and I love a good, tense movie, and uh, Das Boot really does both of those really well. All right, next up, hold on. I spent so much time putting ice on everything, I didn't want to sip this thing down when it gets lukewarm. Next on the list, 1917. Now, that's a newer movie. But 1917 is 
a it's shot to look like one take the whole film and as someone who really really appreciates theater and performing arts i i can't even i've i've made short films before i can't tell you how difficult that is to do and the longest thing i've ever made was like seven minutes maybe even less doing that for something as sprawling as that is great world war one is really there are two world war one films on here and because of that oh my goodness this is a list of nine not a list of eight forgive me forgive me forgive me and on this list of nine now my goodness um there are three world war one films and it's, it's kind of funny because um, Netflix did launch a new adaptation of All Quiet on the Western Front, which is not on this list. But when I think of war films related to World War One, there's only like five I think of. Three of them are on this list, so I don't want to spoil them. But the other one that's not on it is Gallipoli. There just aren't enough good films on a topic that is so, so, so important and dictated how much or so much of how the rest of the century was going to look grossly underserved component, both of media and documentaries. There is uh, Peter Jackson, the guy who did Lord of the Rings, did a World War One documentary that's excellent. Check that out. But in terms of films, 1917 is about as good as it gets for gritty. A lot of good. A good war movie doesn't have to be overly complex in its plot. It just needs to hit the themes well, in my opinion anyway. And 1917 does both. It's really good. Um, could not recommend more. Next on the list is going to be another World War One film on a, I think it's a thousand miles away, not many hundreds of miles away, Lawrence of Arabia. This is a Peter O'Toole movie, excuse me, Peter O'Toole, and Alec Guinness playing a guy from the Middle East, which uh, I probably couldn't get away with that now. But it is all about this guy and uh peter o'toole goes out there and helps basically activate uh native bedouin tribes against the ottoman empire and they serve basically asymmetric warfare a um, lot of uh, attacking logistics it's uh, it's really amazing but outside of the the historical context of this film this is considered it's ages long it might be four full hours long it's like the epic if you want an an odyssey style film it is it is the epic of epics and i cannot recommend lords of arabia to you more it's also got a lot of very funny quotes in there that uh my, my friends and i like to exchange with each other all right time for another sip here we go all right so on this list of nine we just blasted through four in pretty quick succession excuse me for the Little bits of stumbling through here, uh, doing this kind of a one-take wonder. I paused briefly to count and then counted wrong. So uh, if that proved anything, it's that uh, taking time to edit this one is, is just not the way to go. But we're going to go through some films that are more, I would be willing to wager, more military history buffs have seen than some of these others. If you have not seen any of the first four, strongly recommend that you do 1917 was pretty commercially successful dos boot uh seems to get a seems to get ignored and i can't really quantify why i don't know because it's older and a lot of military history fans are like a newer generation or i, I don't know but there's there's just no excuse not to watch these great films some of these are much more popular in fact 
of the last five here. If you haven't seen at least four of them, I'm not sure if you're allowed to call yourself a military movie fan anymore. So, with all that, let's go into uh, number five. And number five is Saving Private Ryan. Uh, 1998 film. Uh, We were blessed. Within five years of each other, we got Band of Brothers. And we got Saving Private Ryan. We got two... Band of Brothers is, of course, a miniseries. But we got two of the best World War II artistic pieces in very quick succession. It's a Steven Spielberg film. It is a war film that is a take on, uh, based off of a true event, which is, of course, the, I believe it's the Sullivan brothers who all all passed away while serving on the same boat. But really, it is about how absurd war can be, even when pursuing righteous aims in order to preserve a family's uh, this this poor mother from losing all of her kids. They send a bunch of other people to go die in his place. It's it's madness, but it's also what what had to be done. Uh, they felt to to right a wrong, and I mean, if you if you haven't seen Saving Private Ryan, where where have you been? But um, it's about as good as it gets. You also have Tom Hanks, Matt Damon. Uh, Vin Diesel for some reason and then also the guy from Cheers whose name I can never remember he's also in a good place Jeremy Davies it's a great film it's it's truly excellent speaking of epics that's that's another one for you and uh, Normandy and the invasion of Europe is such a rich it's rich source material for this kind of thing reenactors everywhere lots of it's that first 15 minutes of the film is probably going to forever be the most famous sequence in in military film history and their right to do so it's or their right to regard regard it as so it's great stuff all right next on the list we were soldiers which gets a little bit in my head these two are just equally good films we take two absolute I don't have a word other than Giga Chad for these guys. Uh, two absolute units uh, in terms of uh, acting in the 90s. And that is, of course, Mel Gibson and Tom Hanks. It's two of the most famous people on the planet. And they go about making war films in very similar time periods. I think We Were Soldiers was 2003. I don't have that in front of me. It's right around there. And uh, while... Saving Private Ryan is essentially based off of a true story, but not a true story in itself. We Were Soldiers with Mel Gibson covers the Battle of Yadrang Valley, which is uh, considered by most people to be the first real, you know, there's there was an engagement, but like battle battle of the Vietnam War. It's superb. And um, it covers the both the extreme tension of covering a battle from home and families receiving all this news and then just the brutality of that conflict and people just getting dumped into a space where um, they don't know what's going on basically the the battle was predicated on hey we think there's bad guys out there go find them (laughs) and, and go fight them it's you know that's oversimplified but that it's nuts it's absolutely crazy and um it covers that very well. They do a, a an absurdly 
good job of honoring all these people that sacrifice themselves. And it's just good stuff, man. Just good stuff. If you haven't seen it, um, I don't know what to tell you, but um, it's it's great. And uh, Sam Elliott playing playing war people is is always a winner. All right, what do we got next? Oh, let's do our honorable mentions before we hit our top three. That's the first six for you. Honorable mentions. I have eight of them. I'm going to move through them really quickly. And a couple of them just existing on the honorable mentions, I I feel like is going to take away the... I think you guys are going to not believe in the credibility of any of the rest of this, but that's fine. Schindler's List is set around awards a little different i think you guys will probably understand why i didn't put that in the list but it's an incredible film apocalypse now which i think most people would contend probably should be in the uh should be in that top nine list but i stand behind it braveheart which i think most people think of as an adventure movie but absolutely is a war movie hacksaw ridge which um is it's just superb it's great film and it is the, the film in which Andrew Garfield reminds us after the Spider-Man movies that actually he can do things. Um, Full Metal Jacket, which is another one I think most people would probably argue should be in that top nine somewhere. Casablanca, which is considered by, I don't know, half the people on the planet to be the greatest film ever made. Um, it likes to be in the top one or two of greatest films of all time with people creating those lists who, you know, self-styled experts. And then the two that I would consider to be... Well, actually, no, it's one. Forgive me. Glory is one that if I had to take any of these and put it on that list, Glory's got to be it. You got Denzel, the guy from Back to the Future somehow, um, or sorry, no, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, my bad. Um, you have Morgan Freeman having a very late debut to uh, superstardom. And uh, it's just absurd. It's a great film about something that's extremely important and uh, takes place also in uh, and around uh, where I live. And uh, because of that, it's extremely interesting to me. Glory is an amazing film. All of these, by the way, if you have not seen them, you should see them, even if they're honorable mentions. All right, final three. Are we ready? Number three is we're in superstar, absolutely goaded, um, does not get better than this tier. You could make an argument that all three of these are the greatest war film of all time. And I've seen people make arguments that all three of these films are the greatest war film of all time. And number three is going to be All Quiet on the Western Front. And I'm not talking about the 2022 version, which actually I've still yet to see. I've heard mixed reviews. Not because it's not a good movie, but because the film allegedly, according to some people who generally know what they're talking about, uh, fails to highlight some of the anti-war sentiments that the book did. And the book is one of the greatest books about a war ever. Oh, um, quite on the Western Front. It's unbelievable. It's in in the tier with, like, gods and generals. Or, um, not gods and generals, good lord. Um, the Killer Angels. I keep thinking of gods and generals because if we want to make a movie about the worst war films ever made, gods and generals would be pretty high up there. Um but All Quiet on the Western Front was created in 1930 
and um, it is it's foundational to the way that a lot of people came to learn about why war is tragic and broken and that there's this dissonance between what is happening in reality and what is being perceived at home so much of that is laid bare way before mass disillusionment broke out in a lot of places in the world all quiet on the western front the book and the film are absolutely groundbreaking and a lot of people say the only good books and the only good films about war are anti-war and I don't know if that's a hundred percent true I don't think we were soldiers is anti-war necessarily and it's excellent but they can't be pro-war and uh, a lot of people get you know these adrenaline ride films you can watch them and they can be aesthetically brilliant but they lack depth, emotional depth, intellectual depth, spiritual depth even. And that's why, and this is one of those first films to really plumb that. And the book, of course, obviously. The book uh, dives down there and, and explores that at a level that so many of these films, especially modern films, good lord, just don't. Uh, they just don't do. That's number three, and uh, find it. I'm pretty sure it's completely copyright-free at this point because it's almost 100 years old, which means, theoretically, you should be able to just find it anywhere. But that's that's me halfway through the largest Manhattan I've ever drank. So, you know, please stay legal. None of this is an advocate <laughs> advocation of, of doing anything that's not legal. Um, but see these films where you can and when you can. All right, second best film, second best war film of all time has to be Gettysburg. It is the the greatest testament of Rotten Tomatoes not being worth your time or any level of, of credible is that uh, Grave of the Fireflies, which is a Studio Ghibli film, is their number one war film of all time. And, you know, I don't care, you know, and if you're into animated movies, it's fine. It's not a big deal. But if that's there and Gettysburg is buried below 100, you don't have a good war movie list. Um, Gettysburg is one of the most authentic films of all time. It does this amazing job. Even today, of course, it's been 160 years since, uh, or it will shortly be 160 years since the events of Uh, Gettysburg took place and it's still extremely contentious to talk about folks that uh, well honestly even plumbing the depths of that right now seems incredibly uh, polarizing but uh, suffice it to say uh, this there is a a screaming need even now for people to understand the stories of everyone involved capital E everyone without them turning around and trying to suppress other voices in that space, in that war. A lot of people fought and a lot of people died and a lot of people were in bondage that never should have been. And this film does a very good job of highlighting all of the major players of the film without somehow glossing over the realities of the causes we're looking at. There's this 
sent and the reason God in generals is, is such a bad movie is because it does such a poor it just it it's barely not a propaganda film uh, Gettysburg just says hey here is where these people came from here's why they're here and here is what they would be talking about in this con uh, context they wouldn't be it doesn't try to address every issue that surrounded the Civil War. It tries to address the Battle of Gettysburg and what they'd be talking about and what they'd be doing over the course of those three days. And it's very rare for a filmmaker not to want to get their grubby fingers and put political feelings into their art. And I get that impulse, but... This is a, if there was a bird's eye view of this battle, what would it look like? Well, it would look exactly like Gettysburg, <laughs> the, the film from the 90s that just redefined what it looked like to have an accurate battle, except for one movie, which we're just about to talk about. Yes, if you are trying to understand the Civil War, there's two things you need to watch. You need to watch Ken Burns' The Civil War, which, yes, it's dry, but it's still the best documentary that's ever been made about the Civil War. And you need to watch Gettysburg. And you need to never, ever, ever watch Gods and Generals. Good Lord. Uh, Gettysburg is also based off of... There's a, a tiny touch of fictionalization. And those pieces are borrowed from the Killer Angels. Uh, which is, I mentioned earlier, is adjacent to All Quiet on the Western Front in terms of war writing excellence. It's, can't, can't say enough good things about it. All right, we're here at number one, and I feel a little excited about this last one and the opportunity I have to share this with you because very few people have seen it because it's not super easy to get anymore, at least not in the States. That is Waterloo. Waterloo is the best war film ever made, and I don't think it's that close. Um, I said the top three, any of them could be number one. I said that because a lot of people haven't seen Waterloo. The Battle of Waterloo is one of the most consequential battles in European history. It took place in the early 1800s and cemented the fall after the glorious hundred days of Napoleon Bonaparte post-abdication, coming back, trying to retake over France. And uh, the British and a coalition assembled to stop him and did so by the absolute skin of their teeth and in doing so prevented autocracy well, that's not true prevented revolutionary autocracy the bourbons got tossed back in for about 20 years a little less than 20 years actually i think it was 15 years there's so many revolutions in france it's very hard to keep it straight the point is this battle was done to scale. More than 10,000 people were used in the creation of this film. And I'm just talking about actors. <laughs> um, it is the landscape, as far as I've come to understand it, was terraformed for this film. Uh, it was. It's not a United States-made film. Um, and it is the epitome of what a war movie to scale can be when everyone is dedicated to excellence both in what they do and in telling an authentic story and that is what's most important to me in a war film in in communications uh even in what we do in making content here in the podcast authentic storytelling is the heart of what we do and there is no better story than that told by 
Waterloo. And uh, if you want to get your hands on it, you can hop on to YouTube. You can look up Waterloo, parentheses, 1970, close parentheses, and you can watch Waterloo right now. Um, I have no idea why it's up there. I'm not sure that it's super trademark friendly, but I will tell you that Waterloo, uh, the film has been up for three years and almost a million people have seen it. So there it is, folks. There's my list of top nine. That's really, it's really more like a top 17. This is definitely more of a relaxed fit style episode. And if this is not to your liking, that's all right. Uh, Drew will be back next week because I don't have any anniversaries next week. We'll pick up where we left off and we'll have a good time. But if you're looking for a suggested viewing list, I would happily recommend any of the films on here except for Gods and Generals. I kind of feel dirty even for having said the words. And guys, it is a pleasure and a blessing as always to be able to talk with you guys. Have fun. Stay safe out there. We'll see you at the range. Get a movie in. Sonoran Desert Institute is an online school accredited by the DEAC. It is headquartered at 1555 West University Drive in Tempe, Arizona. For more information about how you can craft your firearms future, visit sdi.edu.